My name's Quincy. And my name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men from Theaterly. We are here to talk, and maybe scream, about our favorite women in musical theater. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year, everyone. I'm excited to have a new year. Well, actually, I take that back. I think it's easy throughout the year to get caught up in like all of the never-ending like shitty stuff that was mm -hmm. just happening and happening and happening. But then if I look at it, well, quite a bit of good stuff actually happened too. <laughs> right. I was talking, I had therapy yesterday and I was kind of communicating just that. And I was like, I just feel like I get to New York and then black out for the entire year. And then I get back home to Hawaii for the holidays. And that's when I have time to like, think and reflect on the year I just did mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And I was like, and I just feel so empty and I want to like make sure that I'm going into this new year so that when I get back to New York, I can like be checking all the boxes I want to check in the year. And my therapist was like, shut up. You've had such a great year. You're being so hard on yourself. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you did have a very good year. But I also, because I know you and I'm part of your life, I do know that you had a rough year too. My end of year Instagram caption is going to be lowest of lows, highest of highs. <laughs> That's perfect. I think that's exactly what you had this year. I kind of like this framing for this episode. It's coming out on the cusp of new, the new year, and it's, I think, yeah. the lens of a reflection of this last year is a fun way to look at this episode. I think so. I agree. Um, did you watch the Adina Menzel documentary? It was not. Yeah, I had a really good time. <laughs> what are your takeaways? Because you've watched it more recently than I have then. One thing that I remember really sticking out to me was that I really loved that it felt despite the hardships that she was describing, it did feel like a celebration of like this great life she has built for herself mm -hmm. and earned through all of the work that she's done. Because mm -hmm. I feel like these kinds of documentaries can really focus on the struggle and and like, you know, you think that celebrities are like glitz and glam, but behind mm -hmm. the scenes. But this was nice to see like, no, but she actually is a really, she's really content in her life outside of her work, which I love to see. I love to see her like West Coast life because I have never really pictured or imagined that. And I was like, oh, it looks kind of luxe, Adina Menzel. <laughs> I know, I know. It was great. I love it. You know what also though, the big takeaway for me was, uh -huh. you know how like we always, like when we talked to like Jackie Burns was like this and I forget who else, but a couple of the alphabets are like, oh yeah, like I am like not a musical theater girl. Like I warm up with Janis Joplin and I'm like, you know, much more in that world. And we always talk about how unique that is. But then in this documentary, like Adina was saying essentially the same thing. And so then it was like, oh no, that's like the prototype is to be that way. I mean, yes and no though, because she was singing like Dorothy Wizard of Oz. There's all those home videos of her like doing theatery stuff when she's a kid. Yeah, but th there was a moment where she like, she literally said, I think people think of me as only a theater girl, but like there are so many other types of music that I like to sing. Sure. I don't know. I It just struck me that it's like, we've heard that for a couple times and it was interesting to mm -hmm. hear her say it too. It is interesting to me that like her, it's very clear that like, yes, the theater of it all happened and is happening, but she does have passions for songwriting and solo music yes. as well. Yes. Yeah, and it was nice to see that Adina is very passionate about that lane of her life and her work as well. She does contain multitudes, yeah, I agree. is what I realized watching this. She does. We all contain multitudes, Quincy. <laughs>
<laughs> and I loved, I was at that Madison Square Garden concert in the nosebleed. So my friend was like, we should look for ourselves. Did you see yourself in the dock? No. I was like, obviously we're not going to see ourselves. We're in like the shittiest seat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then the whole Madison Square Garden of it all is, I was like, I'm just obsessed with like Adina Menzel, the rock star. Totally. I just think that's like, because like we, I think it's fair to say both of us like learned of her in a very specific lane. And so then to see, not only does she have this other side, but it's successful enough to play Madison in Square Garden is mm-hmm. is just very cool to see. But I think both lanes help her rise. Like all, help what is that saying? Other. All rising tides help all boats or something? Is that the saying? I'm going to say yes. I think they help each other and like there could not be one without the other. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I really enjoyed seeing the backstage dynamics of like a concert proper because that's not something that I've ever been mm-hmm. like privy to and how it all works yeah. and the like, oh, Josh is on stage right now and then no one told her that she was going on stage and she has to run but it doesn't matter really because it's a concert so you can kind of just wait around. It was very interesting yeah. to see. And Oh, she can do homework with her son and then like take a phone call it was cool it was cool yeah i that is also a a world that is so foreign to me because it's like we obviously we both know how the gears turn in a theater like at a Mm -hmm. at a show a concert just is on such a larger scale but there is that more relaxed nature about it i guess because it's it's so big you can't control all of the pieces at once it was very touching heartwarming sad beautiful to watch her in vitro journey as she was doing this throughout the tour yeah also interesting to me that like that wasn't planned. She wasn't like planning on showcasing that. It was like something that came up after she had already agreed to do the documentary. And she's like, okay, I might as well just like show oh, this. I yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, that was like the emotional crux of it. And I'm sure because- I, I don't think I clocked that. Yeah, I think they talked about it in the talkback at the premiere thing that I went to. But oh, okay. she was like, yeah, might as well just document everything. Mm-hmm. And see what happens. And to me, that whole arc was very, like, kind of anchored the entire documentary. And I applaud her for showing that and allowing that to be shown. I agree. And I think it's also just, I love like the visibility of it. Like that's a very hard thing to go through, much less to publicize. And I just thought that like mm-hmm. that level of honesty from her in the storytelling, like is what made it so easy to connect to her, like as just like a mom who's trying to raise a kid, who's like trying to have another kid, trying to balance work. It was like, she mm-hmm. she's going through this same thing that millions of people go through or that whatever. And I love seeing like more of Walker's personality. He's going to be a star, that yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's lots He's got of, a really lots zesty of star quality personality. In, the, in the gene pool. <laughs> Tell us about the after party at the premiere that you went to and your brief interview. <laughs> so we went to the premiere. Kevin was in Paris. I forget. It was at this cool theater in New York that I'd never been to. Some like cinema. It was very like artsy indie vibes. I felt very cool. They played the documentary at the theater. And then after there was a talk back with, there was a talk back with Adina and two of the directors. And it was moderated by Joshua Harmon, who I love. And so that was a nice treat. Oh, of skin tight. Of skin tight fame. Of significant other fame. <laughs> The talkback I thought was really interesting because like Joshua Harmon was asking great questions, something funny and just like fun fact that they talked about, which we posted on our socials was one of the questions was what is one scene or something that got cut out of the documentary that you miss or wish could be in? Yeah. And Adina was like, I mean, there's just like a ton of swearing that we had to cut. And like, I I could, we had to cut all the scenes where I was drinking wine and everything because it was Disney plus. And she was like, but Taylor Swift has a documentary on Disney plus and she's drinking wine in every other scene. So I don't know why I couldn't. But then Disney yeah, told but her, no, she's not a princess. Taylor's Taylor. 
Yeah. I yeah. guess. Still the same umbrella. I get it. But I thought it was funny. <laughs> that is funny. And then she talks about how, like, she talks about raising a mixed-race kid in this current world that we're living in. Oh, she talks about when the opportunity of a documentary came her way. She was kind of confused because she was like, I feel like every documentary I've watched is, like, about, yes, a very successful person, but then they're spotlighting some very dramatic problem or issue that they have in their life, and you're following that arc as well. And she was like, I'm not, like, a heroin addict or anything, so I don't have anything to, like, show in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so she was very apprehensive to do a documentary because she didn't feel like she was drama enough to warrant a documentary. <laughs> That's so funny. So then that happened. And then we walked to the after party. It was at Tao downtown. Super fun. Great food. Good vibes. Chilling. Got to have a moment with Miss Menzel and ask her the question. Is she a wizard and I defying gravity? No good deed. Alphaba. She was very tickled by the question because we kind of told, before we started recording the video, we like told her what it was. And she really did take a moment. She was like, okay. And we were about to start recording and she was like, no, 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 wait, I don't have an answer yet. And she like really thought about it in like a very intense way to the point where I was like, hey, it can just be silly if you want it to be silly. It doesn't need to be like so so deep. And then... She answered, as we all know, I'm not that girl. And I sent the video to Kevin immediately after it ended. And Kevin's response was all caps, not I'm not that girl. (laughs) I forgot that's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) What was your reaction, Kevin, to that answer? Well, here's what I think. And I can't remember if I've said this to you off pod or not. But I think it makes sense to me because Stephanie J. Block famously said that she was I'm not that girl. Mm -hmm. Now Adina Menzel has said that she's I'm not that girl. And I would wager that if we speak to Cynthia Erivo ever, she will say I'm not that girl. Oh, interesting. Listeners, remember that that statement. I think the access to like the director and the character work and the the rehearsal process as opposed to just being plugged into the show, I think is is why those actresses have had a deeper connection and why they associate with I'm Not That Girl so much. Well, that is a beautiful statement, sentiment, observation. And I do agree. Thank you. I think there's something really, really special that Stephanie and Dina both answered the same way with I'm sure no con like I'm yeah. sure Dina has not seen that Stephanie <laughs> answered that she was and I'm not that sure girl alpha <laughs> and I think I now when we talk to Cynthia Revo because I'm sure we will at some point we will I am excited for that moment round table with her and Ari I'm manifesting if Cynthia's and I'm not that girl alphabet which to me I would guess that she would be she will be <laughs> She will be. I can already feel it. And also, okay, when you actually think about it, the character of Alphaba, I'm not that girl actually is like the crux of that character. That's the unmasked moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, help me with this thought. Like that is the only time that she is like bearing her soul, that she's like really showing all her cards, right? Because Wizard and I is like the I want song, but it's like surface level I want, not like inner, deep down inner, right? Yeah, I think it's like another another layer peeled back because I think like with the Wizard and I, we meet her and she's like, yell, 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 you know, I'm I'm mean, you can't hurt my feelings, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then she's by herself. That's true. And you see her like and we get to see we get to see an optimism. Mm-hmm. And then the next time she's alone on stage, we get to see her like sorrow mm-hmm. in I'm not that girl. And then the next time she's alone on stage is we get to see like her rage in No Good Deed. So I think it's like we're like each time you peel back a little bit. Whereas Defying Gravity is like a storytelling song Mm -hmm. as opposed to a reflective song. And No Good Deed is a cathartic song. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really great. Uh, if you, I'm sure you all have watched the documentary by now, but if you haven't, please do. It's a great watch. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, moving on. Many of you have clocked us. We have yet to give you our take on Jonathan <laughs> Bailey as Fierro. Not that doesn't mean anything. I think like whenever we intend to speak about it, we just get carried we just away on a tangent. Yeah. Kevin, what do you have to say? Yeah. I think it's great casting. I think it like he has a quality to him that I think is really hard to you can't like play. It just has to be mm-hmm in you and i think that the best fieros are the fieros that are like inherently likable say that. and like because you have to understand like oh that's why this this man can walk into a room and be in charge of it mm-hmm. in 16 bars you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i think his fiero and i think jonathan has that i think his fiero is gonna be like when he first comes on the scene in that dancing through life pre-scene it's not gonna be so much douchey i'm an asshole hot guy more just like oblivious i've never had to like consider anything Thing else in my life this my life is just easy because it's easy kind of a thing and that to me i think is going to be very endearing yeah and the type of guy i would be attracted to unfortunately i agree yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm super excited about yeah, it yeah and i mean obviously he's gonna like yeah he's obviously gonna sing the shit out of it like yeah. and when it was announced we posted on social like that we need confirmation if the white pants are still going to be a thing in the movie and for whatever reason fiero is the one character that I, that really gets me thinking about what these movie costumes are going to be. Because I'm like, how do you translate yeah. that Fiero costume into like a 2022 motion picture situation? I don't know. But I trust that the people in charge of answering that question are going to do a good job. Because did you see the costume designer posted mood boards for some of the characters? Oh, really? Yeah. And like the, the one for Glinda had um, like a pink flower that was blooming. And it was like oh, that's like an interesting way to think of what I'm assuming is like the popular dress Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is that it's like a flower Mm. as opposed to like a tutu, just like a tutu dress, you know? Oh, that's exciting. I'm excited for the world building to start happening. Me too. And it seems like they are going to be interpretations of the stage costumes, but not just like pulling from the warehouse yeah. to make the, you know, to make the exact same thing. Yeah, I think that's very I good. can't wait to see the Glinda gowns. Mm-hmm. And are they going to be like, I hope Ariana has at least one number that's like a tight slip situation, not like a f- go out gown. Thank goodness, baby. Pencil oh, skirt. yeah. Like that look would kill on Ariana. Kill. Yeah. Like gorgeous gowns for sure, but I hope she's not in gowns the entire time. We also got more Wicked movie casting since the last time we spoke. Yes, we did. Um, We got the announcement of our Nessa Rose, Marissa Bodie, which I am so excited about because I I love that they have cast an actual wheelchair user in the role because I think that's that's super important. And I, have you heard? Is her this an introducing Marissa Bodie situation? In in the movie world, gotcha. Yes. Okay, no, I haven't heard her sing. She's good. She has like a really. I've only seen one clip of her, and she has like a really sweet tone in it. I don't remember because it was like a month ago at this point. But she has a really sweet tone, which I think like is gonna sound so good in the. Uh, it's because I'm in this chair and you felt sorry for me, like the mm-hmm. the softer parts. But I cannot wait to hear like what a what the strong part of her voice mm-hmm. sounds like in Wicked Witch of the East. Oh, I can't wait to have that recorded on a soundtrack. God. <laughs> I know. It's going to be it's going to be a game changer. <laughs> yeah, super excited sure. so we have Arnessa Rose and and Cynthia on that show. <laughs> We also got a slew of other characters who were announced, Bowen Yang and Keala Settle, which I'm very excited about. Who 
is Mrs. Coddle. Okay, I, I mean, this is based on absolutely nothing, <laughs> but I think my prediction is that it's like- She's um, not a character in the book. We're po- Miss sure. Coddle is like, she's not a character in the okay. book. My prediction is that she's like the dorm mother. Mm. Like the chaperone of the dorm. Gotcha. Not a Morrible. Oh, because Morrible's head shizstress. Okay, other guesses for who that could yeah. be? Midwife? Midwife, that's an interesting idea. Maybe she'll be like Alphaba and Nessa Rose's nanny in like a mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a flashback scene of Who sorts. sings a song about loving yourself when your parents are neglecting you to the two girls. Yeah, why not? <laughs> or as midwife, she could sing a song about tolerance and acceptance of this green child that you just birthed to the father. <laughs> yes, I think that song would fall on deaf ears as far as our good pal Rex is concerned. <laughs> Um, also Bowen Yang, which I'm super excited about. This was like a little bit of a rumor for a while. So I'm glad to see that that is confirmed. I think a really fun and exciting choice to cast Bowen Yang in this role. I do too. And I can, I already know that I'm going to laugh a lot. You know what I mean? Like picture him holding the hat being like, what is this? (laughs) Fun fact. I was listening to uh, Las Culturistas. Matt Rogers was called in to go in for Fierro. Isn't that interesting? Oh. Because he was talking about how like he struggles with like seeing what his type is these days and case in point was he got called in for Fierro and he never mm-hmm. thought of himself as a Fierro. But I'm glad to know that like yeah. Matt and Bone are both considered in this process for the Wicked movie. It feels good. You have on our outline Dream Dillamans. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Dream is maybe... <laughs> It's uh, doing doing a lot of work uh, there. I but stay up at I night and dream about so-and-so <laughs> as Dr. Dillamans. <laughs> what I meant by that... <laughs> is that when all of this cast was announced, people were tweeting at John M. Chu being like, what about Dillamond? And he said, we're we're not going to release that name yet. And so I feel like it must be somebody exciting if they're holding it back from us. Uh-huh. My theory is that it would be like Joel Grey. Hmm. Joe Mantello, perhaps. Joe Mantello, perhaps. I would love that. And he's been like acting on screen a lot lately. Yeah. So maybe. As much as I ragged on this Wicked movie a little while ago, everything that's coming out about it is very exciting. And I'm very happy so far on this journey. I am too. They're, I think they're coming together nicely. I just wish the timeline of the journey was condensed. Moving on. I know. Let's do a retrospective 2022 theater. Let's do a 2022 theater retrospective. Shall we? Okay. Kevin. We shall. What were your favorite theatrical performances, productions, anything of 2022? Oh, I want to go back and look through my Instagram story highlight of theater so I can be fresh. Yeah, I'm trying to think too. I have not seen as much as you have this year for sure. So I'm working with less, but... <laughs> A definite highlight for me was the Paradise Square performance at the Tony Awards. Mm. Even though that's not like something that I like sat in the theater and watched. Mm. I thought that was, I mean, that was a moment that like kids are going to watch in their dorm rooms forever and ever and ever. Yeah. That was like an I'm here moment. Truly an iconic moment, yeah. The first thing that made me go, ooh, was MCC Theater's production of Which Way to the Stage? Oh, you loved I that. loved it. Did you ever get so to go? Much. I feel like I was really trying to get you to go for a little bit. No, I know. I just, ugh. But that was that play at MCC, and it was a girl and a gay at the stage door of If Then, talking about the deity that is Adina Menzel. And one of my favorite parts of that whole show is that they never really refer to her by name. It's always capital H her, or capital S she, which is so so funny to me and it very is sentimental men 
Zen and vibe. Biblical. I feel like we, I've talked about it on this podcast yeah, before, yeah, yeah. so I'm not going to go into in depth on it, but I really love that play. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were saying it should have moved to Broadway. I'm glad it didn't. It felt perfect in the space that it was and where it was. I don't think it needed yeah, it to Yeah, it feels move. too intimate for Yeah, Broadway. and also super niche. Like, it is for us, for sure, but like us guys, we are a very small, small subsect of this world that we live in. Yeah. <laughs> we can't keep a show open on our own. <laughs> Another highlight for me was seeing Lampika at La Jolla Playhouse in California. That was special. And that, I hope, does move to Broadway. Yeah, I hope so, too. Hopefully this coming season. Yeah, that score is so great. I think it's going to be a huge moment for Eden if she moves with it. It's such a... I I really love the show. Mm -hmm. I think it's perfect. Uh, And I think if you're a Sentimental Man listener, it will appeal to your sensibilities in a really special way. (laughs) Yeah, really, really great show. Quincy, I actually have two more. My first question for you, though, is do you remember what our, I think, both of our, like, first performance experience of this year was? Our first performance. It was in January. Ms. Julia Murney at... 54 Below? At 54 Below. Was that early this year? Was that? That was my first of the year. We can say it was That was, like, January, I think, yeah. That was a special night because we got to see Julia Murney perform Mm -hmm. How Did We All Come to This? live and in the flesh something i actually never thought i would see in my lifetime uh, yeah that felt really special yeah and then we bought like her we, a steak after we were in like a special club <laughs> and we sure did. I forgot about that. <laughs> martinis and a steak <laughs> no that was really cool um okay i'm just gonna do really special shows i saw that i loved and stood out to me titanic which a friend of the pod mark evans is going mm-hmm. into carrie st louis is already in it mark evans is replacing john yes. riddle so we wait let's go back to that because i want to see it in the new space yeah i'm i'm going regardless of if it's like a, a podcast theater thing, like <laughs> i'm going to see this cast yeah no titanic is a really great show people are referring to it as the best show currently playing in new york city <laughs> you'll, you'll hear no arguments from me <laughs> um and then my last thing i'll say is k-pop the musical was really really special I saw it a ton mm. of times rest in peace did not get its fair shot, but a lot of shows on Broadway right oh, now wow. are not. Pour one out for the Broadway industry right now. It is a tough, tough time. But I do think yeah, there is a light at the end of there. the tunnel. The tunnel is just going to be very long, unfortunately. Anyways, Kevin, what was a great performance that you saw this year? We did talk about this on the podcast, but I cannot not mention it. Is Into the Woods, not not on Broadway, well, Broadway too, obviously, <laughs> um, but Into the Woods at City Center, Heather Headley as the witch. <sighs> Yeah. It will forever be one of the the greatest things I have ever seen. I'm glad you said that. That was, yeah, that was really, really Yeah, because I feel like Heather is, yeah, Heather is like, I feel super selective about what she mm-hmm. does. Like, she just kind of like pops up every once in a while. And when she does, like, it's perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was very um, grateful and thankful to see her on stage at all, but also to see her in a a show that I love so much. Yeah, she was magic in that role. Magic. Oh, also another really special thing that like has stuck with me, Courtney Reed and Connor Ryan on the Moulin Rouge tour are doing really cool, interesting stuff with the roles. If any of you are like in a city that that tour is going to, I would highly recommend going because it's like really cool stuff. Okay, what are we looking forward to in 2023? I'm excited to find out who is coming into Wicked in this new year it feels like talia and Brittany are probably leaving soon so one we need to go and see talia before she leaves yeah. and two i'm just always excited for new wicked casting baseline same that was an easy answer i just gave yeah it was an easy answer 
Trying to think of new musicals that are coming. Oh, okay. I'm going to read to you this list that I just found online. Number one, Bad Cinderella. Oh, I'm excited for that. It seems like a fun, fun campy time. Oh, you know what I'm excited for, Kevin? That I think I can talk about David Foster's Betty Boop musical. (laughs) Ooh, yeah. Connor um, saw the presentation of that and he said it was really good. So I'm also hoping that that comes. Like a a David Foster score is exactly what Broadway needs right now. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't quote me on that, but I'm very, very excited about that because the score seems very promising. You know what I'm hoping? I don't know if this is is like real or not, but it's something that I'm hoping is I hope Sing Street comes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To Broadway just because it feels so buzzy and like I've heard so many good things about Mm -hmm. it. Only thing is I'm worried. it seems like that would be like a cool show to to make it to Broadway. Yeah, and it would bring D. Rossioli back to Broadway. I'm just worried about small shows in this current climate that we're in on Broadway. Like to me right now, it feels like you got to be a big flashy starry thing to last. But yeah, Sing Street is really good. I would be excited for that to come in. Obviously, 2023, looking forward to Stephanie Jeanette Block as Norma Desmond at the Kennedy Center. Duh! That should have been our first answer. Well, it, well we saved it for last. Stephanie J. Block we built and Derek Klena and Ali'i Carvalho. That is crazy. I'm also very excited to see Ali'i because her voice is insane. And I feel like she was on the scene and then kind of went away for a little bit. And it seems like she's coming back because she also just got announced mm-hmm. for something else. For, the Mean Girls movie. For Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm also excited about because that cast is good. Which is great. Yeah. Which is great. Ali'i's very excited. That cast is great. Renee. Jaquel is Danny. Jaquel. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm also, so oh, good. you know what I'm excited about for 2023, Renee Rapp becoming the next Ariana Grande. It very much feels like her career trajectory (laughs) is following the Ariana Grande route. And I think like she has it to be like, she is talented enough, duh, unique enough and edgy enough, cool enough, different enough to be the next pop it girly. And I'm very excited. Her EP, Kevin, if you haven't listened to it, is so, so good. And like a genuine No, it's good. It's good. I listened to it. Yeah. I'm excited to watch her explode this year because I think that's going to happen. Same. Something else that I'm looking forward to that I have completely made up, but I'm just going to speak it into existence, is that I hope when the time comes for a replacement cast that Kelly Clarkson will make her Broadway debut as Anne Hathaway in Anne Juliet. I'm saying it on the podcast so that it will make it to the ears that need to hear it. Can they afford Kelly Clarkson? I don't know. (laughs) That's not my job to figure out. <laughs> that would be great. I also, though, would love... I want Kelly Clarkson to debut in, like, an original, original piece. You know what she should do first is she should do... She should do, like, a residency, like like a Bruce Springsteen... Oh. Like, live on Broadway. I would see that. That feels like a good place for her to start. In general, though, I'll just say I'm excited to... To for future cat, and I don't mean this in any shady way, but I'm just excited to for more people to do and Juliet, like because those roles are so fun and like the songs are so great that I can't wait to see like how they move mm-hmm. on with that. Feels like an easy show to stunt cast power. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so we asked for some questions from the listeners to discuss in this episode. We sure did. First one we got is favorite YouTube video. I'm assuming they mean like wickety YouTube video or theater YouTube video. Let's do theater YouTube video. You go first. I need to think. For me, it is absolutely, I can tell you hands down. Well, actually, no, I have two. Tied for first are the Barbara Cook Kennedy Center Honors Mm -hmm performance medley mm-hmm. and um megan hilty let's be bad from smash the scene from the show without fail it's those gotcha. two like yeah the performance from the show okay. 
On that note, my comfort YouTube videos that are just coming to the top of my mind right now. Catherine McPhee, Don't Forget Me, Smash, yeah. singing from the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Follow, on this train, Jeremy Jordan singing Caught in the Storm from Smash at 54 Below is something I revisit a lot. Mm-hmm. I revisit Audra singing Glamorous Life a lot. Ooh, that's surprising. Yeah, it's the melody one, for me. Yeah, because typically belty, but like yeah. the melody really like hits for me in a way. I want to do one more. Yeah, I return to Adina Menzel's performance of Let It Go at Disneyland a lot because that mm, performance mm, is mm-hmm, pristine. Mm-hmm. She is in perfect vocal health. It sounds yeah. so, so great. She I good. show that video to anyone who asks. She was warm. Yeah, it was great. And she looks so good. And it was, and yeah. she's calm too. It was, it was mm-hmm, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, the backscape of Disneyland or Disney World or wherever that was. It's really great. Yeah, I have another one too. Something that I go back to all the time is, um, and I'm pretty sure that I we spoke about this in the very first Sentimental Men episode, is Shoshana Bean rehearsing <laughs> Stars in the Moon. <laughs> it's it's one of the stupidest videos. That and her, she used to be mine. Mm. Um, oh, clubbroadway.com. Um, okay, let's do one more question. Favorite theatrical mishaps that we've seen on stage? This one's tough. The first one that's coming to mind this is, is tough, not if- professional. When I was younger, I went to a community theater production of nine to five at home in Hawaii. And there's it was mm-hmm. like a giant office. Like in the office they had like a giant bookcase thing. Like giant. And like one scene the entire thing came down. Like fully came down, crashed, huge noise, had to stop the show. It was drama. And I was in the first row and like debris flew. It was like oh crazy. God. Yeah. That's like the biggest mishap I can think of in my life. I'm trying to think if I've seen one on Broadway. I mean I'm sure I have, but I'm sure I have two. I'm trying to think. I recently, the last time I saw K-pop, they started the song Gin and Tonic, which is the best song in the show. And then a set piece wasn't moving. So halfway through the song, one of the girls was like, hold. And like K-pop is very like, you're seeing behind the scenes of a show and they like break the fourth wall and everything. So the audience was kind of confused, but she was like, we need to start over, right. blah, blah, blah. And then they held us for like 10 minutes and then they restarted the song, which I was happy about. Cause I was like, wow, now we got this song one and a half times. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I got right now. Do you remember when we saw, this is not like by any means the biggest mishaps we've seen, but when we went to see Into the Woods and it was like a lot of people's first nights, Andy Carl came in for the shoe scene without the shoe in his hand. And so like one of the stepsisters ran off to get it, but then the other stepsister like ran off in the other direction to get it. And there was like this oh, no. back and forth of like, who, who's actually getting the slipper? I do not remember that happening at all. Wow. So I kind of love when something happens. Like I, I'm the first person to start cheering whenever anyone like goes up on a line or something happens and they kind of have to like stop and reassess. Cause I'm like, oh, thank you for reminding us that we're all yeah. alive in this space together. And it's not just like a weird entertainment that I'm just consuming without feeling yeah 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 um cool i don't know i'll think of one and i'll 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 say it another time happy new year's guys it's been another great year of sentimental men happy new year it sure has this was a good year for us too this was a good year the the royal us capital u us and on that note we'll see you in 2023 see ya
You've been listening to Sentimental Men from Theaterly. This episode was produced by Quincy Brown, Kevin Bianchi, and the team at Theaterly. Thanks to Anthony Abitangelo, the most swankified podcast editor in town. And another thanks to Michaela Reynolds for making us look downright osmopolitan in our new key art. And to Julia DeMarzo for our logo design. If you want to get in touch, send us an email. We love to hear from you all. You can reach us at sentmenpod at theaterly.com. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E-L-Y. You can also connect with us across social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SentMenPod. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin.